This is Who Makes a Podcast. Conversations with your favorite podcast hosts about who they are, the shows they make, and why they make them. I'm your host, Chris Cookley, and my guests today are Renee Nelson and Kim Smugaato. Renee and Kim are the co-hosts of Words to Write By, a writing advice podcast where they discuss writing craft books one chapter at a time and then challenge themselves to do the exercises. In this episode, we talk about making content as real people who have done it before, researching other podcasts to figure out how you would like to make your own, using a podcast to build an author platform, and the one unheard of change they make to their audio to increase the quality of their podcast. Stick around because you probably haven't thought of this before. I know I hadn't. And on that note, here is my conversation with Kim and Renee. Kim and Renee, welcome to Who Makes a Podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Would you guys mind identifying yourselves for my listeners so they know who is who? I mean, I'm Kim Smugato. And I'm uh, Renee Nelson. All right. So you guys make the podcast Words to Write By. And it was a, that was a new podcast for me. I hadn't heard of it before you reached out to ask to be a guest on here, but I've actually been greatly enjoying it. And, uh, you know, would you mind telling me a little bit more about yourselves and where you're from and, and where you are now? Okay. So um, my background is I grew up in the Midwest. I went to school there and I worked as a, um, in a lab for many, many years before deciding I wanted to make this jump to writing, specifically science journalism. And that's what took me to Santa Cruz, California. And so I did a program there that taught us all sorts of things about journalism. I freelanced for about a year or so after that. And then I always had a yen to do fiction writing. So I decided to to start off in that direction. And that's uh, my how I got to the point where I am now. Still living in California? Yep. We really liked it here. Yeah. Do you still do the uh, science journalism at all? I still do freelance work sometimes, but I'm not pursuing it very actively. And then Renee, what about you? Um, I'm a California native. Uh, I bounced around the state most of my life, but after I got my uh, MFA in poetry uh, in San Francisco State, I just kind of landed in the South Bay and I teach writing workshops and creative writing and literature at uh, colleges in the area. Are you two... Are you two physically near each other in California? For California, yes. We're about a 45-minute drive without traffic. Bad. Okay. And then w- with with traffic, is that normally how it is? <laughs> Can you ever make that drive without traffic? Oh, yeah. There's very specific traffic patterns, which is on weekdays, all the commuters from Santa Cruz leave in the morning and come back in the evening. So that's you don't want to fight traffic that way. And on the weekends... Everybody from San Jose comes down to Santa Cruz in the morning and leaves in the uh, early afternoon. Okay. So just drive the opposite times of, of everybody and uh, you're okay. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a straight shot. It's actually a beautiful drive. I don't know if you've um, ever been to California or Highway 17 on the way to Santa Cruz, but if you uh, you look up the highway and you look at some pictures, it's you're driving through the redwoods. It's gorgeous. Awesome. And also terrifying. <laughs> It's a little kind of crazy. I have been to California at least once. I think honestly, I can't. I can't remember if I've been there more than once. But we did uh, Yosemite and oh, Redwoods nice. and drove through. 
I think we went to Monterey. Okay, so that's pretty close to Santa Cruz then. Okay. Okay. Other than that, I'm not I'm not overly familiar with the California locations. Every time I look at a map, I'm like, wow, LA is like really way down there. Well, you went to a good place. If, yes. if you had to come to California and that's where you needed to go, like Yosemite, Monterey, you, you could do you could do worse. Yeah, no, Yosemite was was absolutely gorgeous. All right, so you guys, you met on a, a writing group on Zoom, is that right? So from my perspective, I was doing um, uh, Zoom sessions for a group called Shut Up and Write, which is basically a, they're mostly online now, but you can log in through Meetup to the session and then everybody just writes for say an hour and a half or an hour quietly. It's a really good productivity technique. And so Meetup decided since I was into writing that I might be interested in this thing called a process group. And I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And it turns out that Renee was one hosting the process group. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so from my perspective, once upon a time, I tried to market some services as um, a writing coach and a writing editor, because I've done a lot of teaching, a lot of proofreading and a lot of um, teaching creative writing. So I thought maybe I could get into the private sector. And it was my way of marketing my services. I'm like, I'll give a free process, writing process group. Yep. And Kim showed up and a friend of ours named Chris showed up. I didn't know who these people were. And actually it had quite a turnout the first few sessions, but after the sessions kept going every week, you know, it kind of dwindled, but Kim and Chris, they were always there. And after a while, I'm like, you know, I like this process group, but I only like it with them. (laughs) (laughs) So, So we all agreed to just meet every Wednesday and continue to do the process group, but just in our own little private, um, oh, private cohort. And we still meet. I was going to say, is that still going on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just, we talk about creativity problems or time management problems or some other things as well. We tend to, to meander a little bit, but usually we have at least one person that has some issue and, uh, it's really good to have other people that can give suggestions about how to get around them. This is like a a mini writing workshop almost? Are you reading stuff that you've worked on over the last week? No, we don't do any reading or stuff. We just talk about how hard it is to write. Oh, nice. Like how productive we were. I'm having this problem with my book and then people will maybe give suggestions. It, it get, It's all over the map, yeah. but it's, it's kind of like, it's just somewhere to hang out with a couple of other writers who are just, you know, living the life and going through the same stuff. There's actually the benefit of having us not review each other's stuff. It just means that we can, you know, you're not actually critiquing the other person's quality of writing. You're just helping them out with their productivity and such. So is it like your version of C.S. Lewis and Tolkien? Didn't they like sit in a pub and, and talk about stuff at one point? Am I getting that completely the, wrong? The, I think they're called the Inklings, weren't they? I, I don't know. Probably very soon. Don't it's probably know. very similar to a literary salon or something okay. like that, but modern. And then how did that evolve into podcasting? How did you get started making a podcast? So, you know, I'm, I paid Meetup. Meetup costs money if you want to make a, a session, right? And so I had paid them already. And I I looked, I, I have this obsession with craft books. I have, I seriously have like 56 of them. I counted them. Wow. And yeah. I just can't stop. Like I buy them thinking it'll hold the nugget of truth that I need. Yeah. And I have all these writing books and I, I do read some of them, but I never finish them. And I wanted to make a book club. But what we did was we would read writing craft books and maybe do the activities or discuss them. And that way I would be able to actually get through these craft books and I would learn and other people would learn from them. 
And I pitched it to the process group. Is this before it was just the three of you or is this after it had dwindled? Was just the three of us. Yeah. This is like a year into our, just our own private process group. Okay. And I said, Renee, that's a great idea, but think about it. Even when you're reading like beach reads or women's fiction and you have a book club and you're offering wine and treats, people soon stop coming or don't read the book. And those are easy books. Yeah. But it was still a really great idea. And I have craft books too that I would love to get through. And so we decided, or rather, so I said, how about instead of having people come to a, a meetup, it just be you and me and we'll make a podcast and we'll put that out there and people can listen as long as they want, but they don't have to read the book or they don't have to, you know, be there at a certain time. And then we said, that sounds good. And I started brainstorming ideas uh, for names and all that. And I came up with the um, words to write by. And then as soon as I said that, Renee basically got the website domain. Yeah. Like within 30 seconds. And nobody had that. Wow. Uh, they, 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 somebody did have words to write by, but they didn't have words to write by podcast. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Had either of you tried to make a podcast before? As part of my journalism course, we had one unit on multimedia and one of the assignments was to make a podcast and, or to do a, um, kind of an NPR style, uh, radio blurb, radio piece. And so I had experience working with the software and uh, putting that together. And I really had a fun time with that. So that was like a, more like a, maybe a storytelling kind of, you're saying NPR. So like, like a, this American life type of a. Um, actually closer to like morning edition or something where okay. someone's reporting about, you know, this pig farmer in Iowa or something. Cool. And then Renee, did you have any, any audio recording experience? Oh, none. And I, I really don't now. Kim does all that stuff. <laughs> Turn microphone on and uh, here we go. Yeah. She's just the talent. No, I, I do all the website stuff. (laughs) Okay. I write a lot. It's not just that, but it's true. I don't have any audio experience. Do you listen to many podcasts? Either of you? A fair amount. Yeah. When I worked in a lab, I did a lot of uh, cell culture, which basically required my hands to be moving little bits of liquid from plate to plate. And I just listen to podcasts all day long. But now that I don't have a commute or anything, I listen to fewer of them, but there are some that I've really enjoyed. What would those be? I loved the first season of Serial. Yeah. Serial. And there was another one um, I uh, got onto um, called Exit Scam about a Bitcoin scandal involving a death in Canada. It was pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Serial's a, obviously a popular one. I think that that kind of elevated podcasting into the mainstream in some ways. Renee, do you listen to do you listen to many podcasts? Uh, yeah, I, I used to listen to a lot more again when I was commuting as well. Yeah. Like I was like, you know, I was a fan of like Hidden Brain. Shankar's voice was very meditative and seemed very nice to me. <laughs> he seemed like a, a nice uncle or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, then I got into Ear Hustle. And I don't know if you guys have listened to that or listeners have listened to that, but it's hosted by San Quentin Inmates. Oh, wow. And it is just riveting. It is an amazing production. It's an amazing pro- pro- podcast and it supports, you know, inmates and, and helping them rehabilitate. It's just wonderful. I also listen to, uh, so I, I'm teaching myself to learn German and there's a podcast called Easy German. Um, and they've, they've grown a bit now. They're like, they've got easy Spanish and easy Italian, but uh, you kind of learn from native German speakers and then they have their own little show, which is kind of cool. So I'll listen to that to kind of train my ear 
and I'm I'm always kind of listening to new podcasts lately. Um, I found I found a podcast uh, recently through uh, our podcasting on Reddit called uh, I think it's Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures, and I, I sent them a message recently because I thought they were pretty cool, and uh, they did a episode on these like cheesy '80s, mostly '80s music people. Music people normally would be like embarrassed if somebody new was on their like mixtape. And uh, they did Gloria and they analyzed the lyrics. And I was like, okay, I didn't know I would love this, but I love this. So <laughs> it's really <laughs> just pure fun. I'm going to have to check some of those out. I haven't heard of uh, most of those. So thank you for you know enlightening me to some new podcasts. I'm always looking for new podcasts to check out and to listen to and, and maybe get as guests on the show. You know, who knows? Did, did I hear on a recent episode of your podcast that you hosted a workshop on starting a podcast? Yes. Yeah. Well, what's the story behind that? How did that go? Well, Renee's a teacher, so she's really good at this kind of stuff. And <laughs> we were trying to reach more people. And it seemed like a, to back up, Renee had worked um, with a group at, um, called the San Jose Women's Club. She had done other, uh, led other projects and programs there. And so we put together a um, idea for how we would structure this, how to do a podcast, and we sent it to them, and they liked our proposal, and so we did, we did a presentation. And now that we've done it, we have it uh, prepared, so we're going to try to pitch it to some other groups. Cool. What What was the turnout for that? Was that good? Well, yeah, I was, actually, <laughs> we we worried there wasn't going to be anybody at all, so. Yeah. We had a couple of people showing up in person that we did not know and several people online. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, one of the benefits of of knowing how to teach is you could take just about any kind of topic, even if you don't know much about it and kind of organize it into something like fun yeah. and interesting. And so it's, I guess that's one of my superpowers. So it's like, you know, between me and Kim, we've had enough experience to put together a podcast. And it was like, well, you know, how you don't want to like go too much into detail in an hour and a half presentation so you just give them the the bare bones and people were super into it yeah that's one of the things that i've heard i think about teaching stuff that you know online in particular but you know there's always somebody that's a, just a couple steps behind you you don't necessarily have to be an expert at anything you just have to help those people get to where you're at currently and you know there's always somebody that that could benefit from from what you know and podcasting isn't that hard i right. mean a really good podcast is, but just the act of creating a podcast is not that difficult. And it can be so useful for so many different things. But part of our presentation was like talking about why someone might want to use a podcast. These were just people in general. So we talked about, you know, you could share your passion or you could have an organization to get more outreach, or you could supplement some other part of a campaign with podcasting. It's just, it's such a great media. What else did you cover in that presentation as far as topics that you were teaching? There was a lot of like, this isn't scary. You can do this pretty easy kind of stuff. Okay. Different types of formats for podcasts. Uh, show notes, you know, different kinds of show notes. You know, they, if you go on different websites, you know, you go to their different web, you, you check them out and then you think, okay, well, some of them have links. Some of them actually give a little bit more than that. Um, and some of them kind of go further. You know, so I kind of put them in categories and discuss the different kinds that people might do for their podcast. Uh, we talked about the equipment that you needed to get or that you didn't need much equipment. And then finally, we did this little demonstration with Zoom where we had pre-recorded a Zoom session between the two of us that was kind of like kind of all over the place. And then I did some quick 
edits that I'd already established what I wanted to do in Audacity to show, look, you can take this jumbled bit of sound, you could turn it into an actual something that makes sense. And that wasn't so much for people to know how to use the program, but just to know that you don't have to sound really good to make a good sounding podcast. I imagine that that would have been very, uh, very helpful or very interesting to somebody who, you know, maybe hadn't started at all. So that's, that's really cool. I, I didn't realize, honestly, until right now that there are like groups like that, that you could just pitch to and, and go and teach at. Like, is that through a college or just a, a community thing? This was a community thing. We're also thinking about talking to the local libraries about it. Okay. And then some other organizations that might host informative sessions. People like content. Yeah. And they like content from real people who've done it in the real world. Yeah. Hey, it's Chris. Can I jump in here for a minute and ask if you have thought about making your own podcast? If you have, you may have realized there's a lot more that goes into it than you might have thought. Don't worry. I have a gift for you. I want you to have my podcast quick start checklist. From what microphone and recording software you should use to how you host and distribute your show, I'm here to help with all of that and more. My podcast quick start checklist will walk you through everything you need to know to start your podcast. I'll show you what's actually important. To get my podcast quick start checklist, go to whomakesapodcast.com slash start and tell me where to send it. Now let's get back to the episode. So you make a podcast, your podcast, Words to Write By, about craft writing books. Why start a podcast and not say a blog? If you're if you're both writers, it would seem like a blog might be the more natural route for a writer. Why do it as a podcast? Writing a blog is kind of lonely. Yeah, fair enough. And <laughs> and doing a podcast together and riffing off of a book is a lot more fun. It's probably easier too, right? I mean, it's it's way easier. No, Renee, I mean, I, there's no video version of this, but I can see you like shaking your head. I, I imagine for me, at least, you know, speaking to somebody and having a conversation would be easier than trying to, maybe not easier, quicker than trying to write out a blog post. No? Right. And also the other thing with the blog post is you really need to have a reason why someone is going to stick with reading your blog post as opposed to just reading the book by themselves. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I think one of our big selling points of our podcast is that you don't actually have to read these books. You just listen to us discuss them and you'll get all the major points. Yeah, I got the uh, the major point that you did not enjoy. God, what was that? The, the very first book that you did. Did not enjoy the first book. <laughs> we didn't enjoy John Gardner's The Art of Fiction. Do you remember yeah. that, Renee? Us not enjoying it? I just so <laughs> happen to remember not enjoying The Art of Fiction. <laughs> It's this book that you, when you're told books to read for craft, that invariably shows up, not like the number one spot, but, you know, usually around like round 10. And it's very, it's, it's been around for a long time. So it's yep. like, well, if it's stood the test of time, but it really hasn't quite stood the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was enjoyable for me to listen to uh, the, the disenjoyment of the book. <laughs> Yeah, we tried to make it fun, you know. I mean, I think well, I think we're fun people, but um we definitely let our personalities through and and 
he he just it's very outdated and it's almost like he made himself extremely outdated even for his own time and it was really it was like it was really funny what he was doing and also get I, I so i've been to school for creative writing and there's a lot of like you know any kind of creative pursuit there's going to be probably anything actually but there's some egos you know and so it's just kind of like he just so happened to let that come through in his book and it was like well <laughs> We're going to have to go after that. (laughs) (laughs) The sense we knew we might not be completely positive about the review books, about the craft books, we decided we'd pick dead authors to start with. Oh, there you go. That's a safe bet. Yeah, they can't talk back. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any, how many dead authors are you going to do, you think, before you venture out to a live author? We might do a live author next. I think now that we've had, we're, we're on book number three. And I feel like we built up a solid enough, uh, built up enough of a reputation that we're doing for serious that I'm not as worried about somebody, about an author contacting us. Right. I think that they should contact you and then you should get them on your podcast. Hashtag podcasting goals. Yeah. You could have a, a little debate about the validity of their craft book. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I, I remember once a friend of mine saying that he was part of a critique group and they actually had a uh, not a critique group a uh, book review book club and it, it so happened that somebody recommended a book and they knew the author and the author came to the book club and he said it was the most awful experience <laughs> because really <laughs> yes yeah, so, i mean she wasn't that much of an established author and like they just got the feeling as they were as they were talking about it that she had only really gotten very positive feedback before oh, and it was just yeah yeah a lot of people saying that you're doing great stuff and then strangers will tell you the truth so your your podcast is in a big way obviously about books about writing craft books specifically are there any books that you've read about podcasting to kind of get you started or how did you go about getting started figuring this out? So I had taken that one class and then um, about a year or so later, I um, went to a how to podcast workshop and associate with a conference okay. by, uh, I wrote down her name, Cynthia Grabber. She does gastropod and uh, it's a, all about kind of food and the history of food and really neat neat um, angles on food. And she gave this podcast about all the step that she gave me, gave this presentation about all the steps for her podcast. And so I had my notes from that and I used those. But other than that, we just kind of looked around at uh, a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of blogs on how to do it. We did a lot of um, research on like just listening to podcasts. Like you want to be a better writer, you read. And then you write and, and then, then you, you write. read, yep. right? And well, podcasting isn't necessarily like a written medium. So it's, you know, you, you kind of dive deep into other podcasts and what they're doing and what you like and what you don't. We had a, we had a spreadsheet. We, we gave ourselves like, okay, you have to listen to one or two a day or whatever for a few weeks. And we, we had this whole list growing until we figured out kind of what we wanted, um, what we thought was most important. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't read a book on, well, we didn't read books on podcasting. Did you make any any practice episodes or was it like episode one, the first episode that you made? We did some practice recordings just to get all the technology set up. But then, and actually, I think we did re-record one of our really first podcasts. Maybe. I almost feel like we did it once and then did it a second time. But 
other than that, no, I we pretty much kept everything that we were recording and then just really edited it. Cool. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds good to me. It's like thank you. I've skipped around through the episodes. I think I started with episode one and then I skipped to nine or something, and then I skipped to sixteen. Did you listen to "Come for the Plot, Stay for the Stripper"? I did not. No, I I I, I just saw that's episode eight, chapter one, episode or no. Chapter seven. That's one of my favorites. Chapter seven, episode eight. Yeah, that one was pretty. That was pretty crazy. Oh, good old Gardner. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to download that and add it to my queue. <laughs> yeah, you get a good laugh out of that I'll one. Listen, I'll listen to that one tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think part of since we both have a background in writing, and we've both discussed books that we like, and I mean, I have. I mean, I have a background in like discussing writing to students and teach, you know? So, I mean, we might only record once, but we've really done a lot of reading. Like we read the book beforehand. We, we formatted our opinions beforehand. Like we're prepared. I mean, I think of it almost like I'm about to go into a lecture. I got to be ready. You know, you're on stage. So that's kind of how I, how I approach an episode. So you're, you're doing a podcast. It's a different medium, but it's not really anything different from what you've done in the past as far as, you know, analyzing a book and speaking about it. That's, that's all relatively natural for you at this point. So that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your podcast is relatively new. There's 17 episodes as we're recording this. Do you, how do you feel like it's going so far? Are you still enjoying making it? Yeah, we're having a blast. Yeah. Especially since we go, we do different books. So as we're going along, we'll get tired. We might start getting a bit tired of a particular author, but then we start something new and it's it's new and exciting and different. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just enjoying it. It's just super fun. It's one, I mean, I've, I've had other creative writing projects over the, like I've tried, right. You know, making a literary journal and other things. And this is by far the most fun project I've ever tried. Have you gone back to listen to the episodes after you've made them? A little bit. I was going to say, now, when we were doing this, we we started preparing for it actually like in June of 2021. Okay. And we took until November to have our release. And we had three episodes done by that time. And then we did November and the start of December, and then the holidays hit. And actually, there was a point right after the holidays where various things were happening in our lives. And honestly, we both kind of we're not as engaged in the podcast, but because both of us, because we were doing it also for the other person, I think we persevered more yeah. than if we had just been doing it by ourselves. Yeah. There's a stat and I don't know exactly what it is, but something like most podcasts, I guess, fail within the first seven episodes or 10 episodes or something like that. There's a, a whole bunch of dead podcasts out there that only have you know, single digit in, in episodes. And uh, so you've made it to 17. So you're, you know, well on your way to the top. They're easy to start, but consistency and and continuing to make them is difficult for a lot of people because they, they take a lot more work, I think, than people realize. You know, you think you're just going to turn on a microphone, you're just going to start recording and it's going to sound fantastic. And it's not exactly like that. And you think that people start listening too. Right, right. Yeah, getting past the, uh, I published an episode and I got two listens, it can definitely be a challenge, especially if you're putting in a lot of work and, you know, why am I spending four or five hours on each of these episodes and then I get two people to listen? Yeah, there's a lot of podcasts that don't survive nearly as long as as your podcast has. 
And I think that once you get past, say, 12 or 13, you start learning tricks and techniques to make it easier. Yes. So, like, if you can get past that first hump, then suddenly making them becomes, you, you establish a routine, you you know what to do. You're not screwing up nearly as much. And I think it gets easier, but you just have to stick past it, past that seventh episode. I would be irresponsible if I didn't ask you what a trick that you've learned is. We've gotten better about staying on topic for our podcasts. Okay. So editing an hour and a half of audio down to 40 minutes is much harder, or editing an hour and a half of audio down to say 20 to 30 minutes is much harder than editing 40 minutes down to 20 minutes. That's helped a lot. Yeah, she's pretty strict when we're recording. She tells me we're only going to do this for like 45 minutes. And I my brain starts going wild because I'm this tangent, you know. I'm like, let's go all over the place. And I and I it forces me to just like, oh, I can't talk about that. Oh, I can't talk about that. And it, it actually makes for a better podcast too as we go along. We, you know, I do, I actually have to listen to the episodes more often to write the show notes and stuff. And I'm just amazed at myself. I listen. I'm like, wow, I sound way smarter than I thought I was. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had that reaction um, to some guests that I've had on where people have listened to the episode and they're like, wow, they sound, they sound fantastic on there. I'm like, yes, they do. And they were a fantastic guest and they had a lot of great information to share, but there was a lot of editing as well to remove tangents and to remove ums and the pauses and there's there's still a lot of work that goes into you know polishing a, a good recording to make it really good the other thing i discovered from the editing standpoint is that we've gotten to be much better speakers yes at this point i'm kind of surprised cuz we've been practicing with the podcast but not like doing special voice training or anything like that we've just gotten much better at talking in complete sentences and if we start something that goes a little bit off, like pausing and then starting again from the beginning. And that makes editing a lot faster. And you're using Audacity? Is that the software that you're recording and editing in? We, we can't meet in person. We do that on Zoom and that's our recording. And then when we get together, we have, um, this is a bit technical, but we have Yeti USB mics and you can't record two tracks in Audacity with USB bikes. Right. So you can on GarageBand if you do this little hack. And so we use GarageBand to record, but then I do all my editing and audacity. I see. And just out of my own curiosity, why not edit in GarageBand? I actually learned how to edit in audacity and you get kind of in a mindset and then the other program just seems really weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And we chose Audacity initially because um, Renee has um, does PCs and Audacity works on either platform and it's free. All right. So I'm curious what each of you get like personally out of making your podcast. You know, the, the stated goal is obviously to improve your writing craft. You're both writers and you're working on, on fiction projects and craft books obviously will help with that. But the podcast itself, you know, what are you getting out of making that? So it kind of gives me a way to experience the parts I love about teaching and it gets rid of the parts that I don't No homework. I do not have to grade papers. There's no office hours and emotional labor. I don't have bureaucracy tying my hands. I don't, (laughs) it's like, I just get to go out there and share what I've learned and work my way through 
you know, what I'm reading and sharing it with people in, in my own style, you know, like in my own way, in my own snarky Renee way. And instant tenure. What was I know? <laughs> I'm not going to fire her. <laughs> Job security for the win. Um, so, yeah, I just get to like focus on the parts that kind of brought me to be a teacher in the first place. Like there's no burnout, you know, it's like I get to show up and do awesome stuff every day. So to me, that's, you know, I don't know. That's what I get out of it personally. Yeah, that's great. What about you, Kim? So there's two, two, two different aspects. The first one is that I love doing creative pro- projects with other people. If I look back at all the kind of fun, wacky stuff I've done, the ones I enjoyed most involved other people, but it's, but none of them actually got to the point where they are in full production. They, they, they sputtered out at some point. Um, so I was just, I'm tickled pink that I have a partner like Renee that is, is so willing to put in the work and the effort and the support. It's, it's just been a fantastic personal collaboration. I love that. And then the more practical side of things is that our, Future goal is both to be published writers, and I'm sure this happens in a whole bunch of different creative fields, but one of the big things, if you're at a writer's conference or you're looking at blogs or whatever, is they'll say, well, you need a platform. Mm -hmm. You need an audience to get published first. And like that would be people writing a blog or people doing Instagram or doing some other kind of outreach or some aspect. And so this is a fun way to reach other people. At some point, we will be going to an agent. They'll say, this is really great. Now, if I'm trying to sell this to a publishing house, like what kind of thing do you have that you could bring? We say, well, if we have this many downloads, then we can tell our listeners, go buy the book. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, no, that's great. one cool thing, you know, that kind of says, there's a lot, if you look up writing podcasts online, there's a gazillion. There's a million oh, yeah. podcasts online, but I think the one thing that sets us apart from all of the other ones is that we actually do the activities from the book and we put ourselves on the chopping block. Like we do our, we, we use stuff from the books that we're working on and do the activities in the books that we're reading. Uh, and then we workshop them and we share that with listeners. And I think that's going to benefit because if you're just an expert podcast and then you put out a book, then People will follow you as a, as, a, as a person. They might buy your book. But for our audience that's tuning in, they're actually watching us become better writers. Yeah. And I think that that would be a motivation to buy someone's book. If you've seen them start off where they weren't as good and you've seen them improve and improve, then you want to buy their book and see how it ends up. My podcast has a, a very rich history and it's how many? A 14 episode history so far of <laughs> of writing podcasts specifically. My very first episode was with Kenny McKay, who makes Author Your Dream. And then I've had somebody on Bookstagram, uh, James mm-hmm. Blatch from the self-publishing show, and then Christopher Hermelin from So Many Damn Books. So that's four out of my 14 published episodes have all been have been writing podcasts. And here we are with another one. Five out of 15. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not talking, I'm not saying bad things about <laughs> the other writing podcasts, just like, you know, and actually I've listened to the episodes I've listened to of yours were of the writing ones. I wanted to know. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah. what they had to say so yeah all of no all of those are are fantastic podcasts and as as is yours so everybody should go listen to to all of these everybody who wants to write speaking of the creative projects i can't remember which one of you this was and i'm sorry but who left bookmarks all around the world that would be renee that was me 
I want to know more about that. So who's, was it your idea? Did, did it work? Have you, have you noticed any uptick in listenership from around the world? I wouldn't say I was around the world. I was in Europe, uh, which is one very specific part of the world, but it was all over. So, you know, so it's, it's one of those things. If, if people start a podcast, as you know, marketing can be hard. You know, it, it takes a while. It takes a while. You're not sure if yes. things are working. You have to get kind of creative and um, one cool thing about our podcast is the topic is about, you know, reading and writing. And Kim had a great idea that instead of business cards, we should just have bookmarks because it makes sense. And it just so happens sure. Matchek, her husband, created the most amazing logo ever. Like, I love our logo so much. And so it looks and then he made bookmarks. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going on vacation, but that doesn't mean I'm done working on the podcast. I can still work <laughs> on my vacation. So Well, you recorded an episode too while you were over. It sure did. <laughs> like that's what that's the benefit of having a friend you can't let down. You know, it's like just because I'm on vacation doesn't mean she doesn't have a podcast too. And I have to make sure that I, I show up for that. So it was fun to record on, on vacation anyway. So so yeah, I, I was very careful. I didn't want to litter you know, and I made sure I left them in appropriate places like libraries. And, um, I'd be in an Airbnb and they'll have like books on the shelf. I guess some mm -hmm. people might read in their Airbnb. I'm not sure why, but I, I would put them in the books. I went to a cat cafe in London and I left some there. <laughs> a cat cafe. It was amazing. I okay. I'm definitely actually both <laughs> me and Kim are uh, cat ladies. Cat people. If, okay. Have you been to the website? Your website? I have. Okay. So as you see, the each episode is dedicated to a, our animals or our friends' animals, and mostly our cats. So each episode, the picture that comes with it is them posing with the book. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So we're pretty... Yeah, cat cat people, dog people, any people. If you... Yeah, you said you have a dog. You should send in your dog with, a, with, with posing with the book and we'll feature your dog on an episode. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you do a book that I, I have, okay, okay, I'll send you my list. The one issue we had when we were designing our our website was what to put for artwork for the podcast because yeah. you you want to have you don't want to have the same logo on every single one of them, right? But on the other hand, there's only so much you can do with stock stock photography, and if you want to do artwork, that takes so long. And so we came out with the idea of like you know, well, let's just photograph the book and one of our cats. And it looks really good. Yeah, it's clever. I, I did that. Um, I struggled with that as well, starting my podcast initially. I was just doing my Who Makes a Podcast logo for all of the, uh, the episodes. But then I'd, I haven't asked anybody if I can do this, but I started stealing my guests' podcast covers, and I'll use those for their episode. Honestly, I <laughs> so think that's awesome. That's, okay. that's like, that's great for them. Yeah. Yeah, so if you go to whomakesapodcast.com slash episodes, you can see all of the other episode covers. Awesome. I think, yeah, it's when you figure out a way to have variety, but at the same time, something that won't like, you know, stress you out too much. Yeah. It's great. Consistency and trying to not make things too difficult. Yeah, it seems like you, you got the perfect like type of photography or, or art you need for your podcast. I think that's perfect. Yeah. You did the uh, the bookmarks thing. For marketing purposes, how big is your podcast? How many listens are you getting right now? Oh, we're huge. Like uh, at least 12 to 18 we don't, when we release. <laughs> nice. So no, we're not very big at all. Um, we get about, yeah, like I said, around 15 people are subscribing. So they automatically get the podcast right away. And then over the course of the week, it 
builds to about most of them are around 50. I think we got 67 last week. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're coming out every other week. Is that right? Every other week. And we do a lot of hustling when a podcast comes out. Like yeah. if we have, I have a couple of friends. I have one friend that I always text and she says, great, I'm going to watch, listen to the podcast. I don't know if she'd listen to it if I wasn't texting her each time. <laughs> and likewise, like if I have some angle that I think a particular set of friends would like, like when we started doing Ray Bradbury, like any of my friends that were into science fiction, I like sent them emails, listen to this podcast. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. What else, what else are you doing to get the word out each week? Or every other week. Um, I well, when we did the Bradbury, uh, when we released the first Bradbury episode, since my my husband works in tech, you know, we're we're big sci-fi fans, and and of course, most of his coworkers, I'm sure, are. And so I make cinnamon rolls or galaxy rolls or whatever, and I made a little band, you know, like a little poster for them. I'm like, download the episode, get a cinnamon roll, and then I double check to make sure that it went up. Yeah. I make those cinnamon rolls. I make some really good cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Mernay is an amazing baker. If you weren't in California, I'd say I'd like to try one. Well, if you ever come to California, let me know. And you're in the Bay Area. Okay. We've got, you get a free Airbnb. I have a guest room. Um, you have to like cats though. Uh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> Maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. How, how good are the cinnamon rolls? <laughs> Oh my goodness, they are amazing. My teenager like like would eat three in a row. If They're he probably could. the best. There's oh my god, it, it, I I'll admit they are actually not my recipe. Uh, it's a recipe I found in a book, but it, I found the recipe, so I guess it is mine. You know. Do you have any any pictures of these? Cinnamon I actually rolls? do, and I can send you. And, and yeah. if you bake, do you bake at all? Uh, only when I have to. I will send you this recipe if you're okay with yeast. If that if yeast and it doesn't yeah. scare you. Okay. If bread doesn't scare some scares certain people, yeah. but if bread doesn't scare you, I will send you this recipe. And then and then now you will be the keeper of the amazing cinnamon rolls as well. That would be great. And uh, if you send me a picture, listeners, a picture of Renee's cinnamon rolls in the show notes. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. The other things we do for promotion is we do have a Facebook page and an Instagram account, and we always announce a new episode, although I don't think we get much traffic that way. And then Renee also puts together a newsletter each week. And I I know from certain people that they listen, that they download the episode when they get the newsletter. And the newsletter is going out to obviously an email list that you have. How are you getting people on the email list? Um, well, we have, you know, a sign up on our website, but we don't want, we don't like the banners. We don't like it when they pop up at people. Like I hate that when I'm on a website, sure. it just like pops in my face. I'm like, you know, so we haven't done that yeah. yet. We know pretty much everybody on there. There's a few people we don't know. Isn't that exciting when you start getting strangers signing up? It's going to be exciting. Strangers <laughs> I'm, like I'm you. reaching people that I don't know. What's really cool, I think, is one of the benefits to joining our newsletter, dear listeners, is I put recipes in there. Oh, cinnamon roll recipes? I, uh, or? Did I put this? I think I may have put the cinnamon roll. I don't know. That one might be a special one, but I did put my fancy chocolate cake hack recipe in there. I have a hack that makes chocolate cake just crazy good. And we're thinking, so when we were at a, we were at a writing conference this last week and Renee did go to a session on marketing. And so we're going to try some new things with the newsletter, um, some like freebie giveaways or something mm-hmm. like that to try to get more people on it. Cool. Because newsletters are huge as far as um, like quality of one's platform. It's like, if you have an actual list of people that get your email, that's still considered much better than like, you know, Facebook posts or followers on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of stories about, you know, Facebook used to be the place to go viral and and 
things like that. And now, like, even if you had like a hundred thousand people in a group on Facebook, maybe a thousand of them would actually see your your posts unless you paid Facebook to send it out. Yeah. All right. I want I want to move a little bit into some production, some technical questions about your podcast. So, what does like a typical production look like for an episode? What are you doing to get ready for the episode, and then you know from your mouth to the listener's ears, what are the steps that you're taking? So before, because of the the topic of our podcast, you know, about writing craft books, we, re- we have to read the chapters and we have to do the activity on our own work. And so, we, I mean, I take copious amounts of notes in the margins, but I'm just a, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm a reader and that's how, you know, and I'm overachiever, I guess. I'm, I was one of those overachieving students, you know, so tons of notes. I even type out the quotes that I make a note on and I add the notes and then I develop the notes a bit more, do the activity. And then I show up to Kim's house and I pet her cats and we have a good time for like 10 minutes with the cats. And then we set to recording. And then we record usually actually two sessions. We record once um, in person at least. And that's the um, discussion of the chapters. And then we'll also announce what our exercise is going to be. Usually we then take a couple of days to get the exercise done because our discussions help illuminate what the author is actually trying to get out of the discussion, uh, out of the exercises. And then either we'll meet back in person or we'll do a Zoom session to discuss the exercises. And then after the episode, like after we're done, we go and watch an episode of She-Ra on Netflix. What is that? She-Ra, The Princesses of Power. It's a really good. You never cartoon. heard of She-Ra? Have you heard of, of He-Man? No, no. These are not getting suggested to me on my Netflix. I think we're old. <laughs> I think this just means that we're well, old. Old, and I have kids. <laughs> I mean, I have kids too, but they're watching Coco Melon. So, <laughs> how old are they? Four and one. Wow. Okay, you you got you got some good stuff coming up ahead, yeah. and yeah. Netflix has some fantastic kids cartoon series. They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so you're you're recording uh, once in person to go over the book, and then possibly again in person or over Zoom after you do the sessions. And then it sounds like your intros maybe are also recorded separately. Is that right or no? Like we have like we call it the words we write, where we just kind of have a warm up of just talking about what we've been up to. That we okay. it's usually only about three minutes long. I try to keep it pretty short. Okay, so the Official opening, our, our jingle, we did that a long time back. So I just slapped that on the for each episode. And then the words we write and the discussion. Um, I also do a recording after the discussion. Once, I, once I've edited the discussion, I know exactly what's in it. I'll do a summary of what's going to be in our podcast. And we put that right after the words we write. So that's a, a transition. Somebody listening to the podcast knows what they're going to get. And then we do the, we come back for the exercise since we both do the exercises, we end up with actually um, two recordings from that. I usually take the shorter one and I put that in the podcast and I take the longer one and we save that for our Patreon account for our, our listeners there, our patrons there. And then you take those recordings, obviously bring them into Audacity to do the editing. What are you doing as far as editing? What's that process look like? Mostly standard stuff. I take out the ums, I listen to and make sure that everything makes sense because our podcasts are discussing specific topics and explaining what the writer meant by things. It's really important to have clarity and not to ramble too much so that when someone's listening to it, they have a com- 
complete thought without a lot of interruptions. And then take out the ums, take out the the breaths before. Sometimes I take them out, sometimes I don't, but I, I, I can get really into the weeds about the actual sound. <laughs> I try to make sure our levels are balanced, although yep. that's something that's still ongoing. We really, it's still a bit of hit or miss whether or not we had a session where we were really close to the microphone in the proper way that we were supposed to. And then I also discovered an amazing technique that has improved the quality of our podcast to the point that like my husband and other people have commented on it. All right. Do tell. Yes. <laughs> I go into the change tempo option and I decrease our tempo by 10%. So you're slowing yourself down. Yep. We're talking really? a lot more slowly and more clearly and people like that. Does that maintain the pitch or is that also like your voice is getting slightly deeper? So if you do it on a slow sound, it will deepen the pitch. But if you do dec- uh, change tempo, it keeps the pitch the same, at wow. least within that small range. That's, I mean, that's fascinating. I've never heard of uh, somebody doing that. Yeah. We just couldn't teach ourselves to talk slowly. So it's a nice solution. <laughs> it was pretty funny too. Cause when she did it, she didn't tell me. So I, you know, when the yeah. episode's done and recorded, it like she kicks it off to me and then it's my turn to do show notes and, and write the chapter notes for Patreon. And and to make sure I haven't made any and, mistakes. Yeah, I check to make sure if there's any mistakes. And I'm listening to it one day and I'm like, wow, we sound so good. I, we're, we're so articulate. I had no idea. I'm so eloquent. Yeah, I'm like, wow, normally I'm all over the place and I talk really rapid and quickly and fast and wow, Kim. And, and then she told me and I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Do you do any kind of pre-episode like planning? Do you have an outline that you're both working off of? I know you take a lot of notes, but in the interest of, as you said earlier, trying to keep keep the episodes from running for an hour and a half before they're edited, are you like coming to an agreement on any kind of topics about the chapter that you wanted to talk about, or? Like what? What are you bringing? What are you each bringing to the conversation? Yeah, we we discuss in general terms what we found was most important in the chapters, and we build a list off of that. Of like, usually about three topics is kind of the magic number, and then, but we don't discuss what we thought any any more than we have to. So when mm-hmm. the conversation is happening, it's much more, it's organic, more authentic. Yeah. Oh, and there's one other thing that we do, which is when I'm editing, I keep an ear out for like bloopers for like crazy things we say, and I save them all. And at the <laughs> end of the editing, I listen to them. I pick the best one. I stick it at the very end of the podcast. So if you listen to the the music going out, you get a little Easter egg at the very end. I don't know Let's if you just say, that. except for one, they're all me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I do say the weird privilege stuff. of the editor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always mean to do that. And then I, uh, I, I forget and I, I don't, I wish I did. You just got to collect them as you're going along. Yeah. And then you just assume that one of them is going to be like just the perfect one. There was one in an episode that I just edited that's coming out tomorrow as we're recording this. And I'm, I'm remembering exactly what he said, but I don't know where in the episode it is. So I have to scrub through the whole thing, but he's talking about, gas it was like gear acquisition syndrome and he's just like yeah i don't have gas and like that's <laughs> that's the quote and like that would be so perfect as just a little one-liner but mm-hmm. i didn't cut it out that's a great one-liner you've had at least that i've heard a few kind of short 
guest interviews on some of your episodes. What's been the process for you as far as finding guests, getting getting people to agree to come on? And then like the segments on the episodes are, are not very long, five, 10 minutes maybe. Are the interviews themselves that long or are you just, are you cutting down a longer conversation? The interviews are really short. Um, this is where my journalism training has come in, okay. where I know when I'm preparing for an interview, I know exactly what questions I want, what kind of quotes I want. And I'll let the person know ahead of time it's going to be a longer interview or a shorter interview. And I tell them up front, you know, we're going to do a really fast interview. It's going to be at five minutes at most at the end. I'm just going to ask you like these general questions. And then we just, we go pretty smoothly. One of the persons we interviewed was a podcaster. So he was just on point. He was just really good. And the other person has had public speaking training. So when you have someone that's from comfortable speaking, they usually do a pretty good job. So you've only done that twice? Mm -hmm. We did it for each of the books that we were starting. Uh, We found an expert to talk about them. Of the the three or four episodes that I've listened to, I found both of those <laughs> interviews. Yes, but we we highlight those on the website. But uh, the plan is that with this conference that we were at, I got a lot of um, recordings as well. So I'm hoping to work some of those into little segments to put into the podcast. Because, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be a nice um, bit of variety. What What did you do to record those? On your phone, or do you have like a portable recording device? Oh, this is this is cool. This is pretty cool. So I, do you have it with you? Oh, she does. I don't know. It's Zoom. I don't know if it's anything to do with the recording software. It's a H1N. So yep. Zoom makes a whole bunch of these recorders that uh, have like kind of a weird kind of microphone setup yeah. on it, yep. which t- makes it sound better. Stereo. And also, yeah. Yeah. And this is just the most inexpensive, but yeah. So I, I basically asked somebody to interview and I put this in their face. Hold it it's up. pretty cool <laughs> yeah. too, because it makes them feel like it's more official that you've got a special device to do it with. Yes. Rather than holding your phone up, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've, I've looked at those in the past as well. Those are, those are really cool devices. Uh, Zoom, the recording device, not to be confused with Zoom, the video software, which is we are also mm-hmm. using at the moment. And I know that the Zoom video device came before the software, uh, the uh, the recording yes. system. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know how they managed to to overlay on overlap on that, but Renee, you write up some extensive show notes for your podcast. What what is your process for that? What does that look like? So before the episode is recorded, I take all the crazy notes and all the quotes and all the stuff, and we may not talk about it all in the episode because you know there's a lot there. But I know that in the show notes, I will elaborate. So the show notes aren't just kind of a, some people mm-hmm. just do a transcript, you know, or they do some quotes, but I, I take it further. I take it kind of like, okay, imagine I'm trying to t- imagine our listener is a novice writer or maybe seasoned and they just want to develop their craft and what kinds of resources would be good for them. And so, for example, there's um, the common errors episode. And that one can get kind of confusing because Gardner talks about grammar and like verbal uh, verbals in the beginning of a sentence and sentence combining. And it just so happens I have a really strong uh, background in not just grammar, but teaching grammar to students. And so I have all of this material from teaching. And so I was able to use a lot of that material in the show notes uh, to illustrate what Gardner was talking about because he doesn't always mm-hmm. give good examples. And, and, for the other authors too, not to say their examples are bad, but I do elaborate. And so I just give extra 
information. I also have two sections. One's called continuing the conversation. So I just kind of take some kind of conversation that was taking place in the chapter. Um, like in the, the first episode, uh, Gardner talks about this thing called the literary canon. And I mean, unless you're a lit major, like I was in college, you know, me may not know what that really means. And so I have a section on the website where I get a couple paragraphs. I describe what that is. So if it's a novice writer, they can say, oh, now they can participate in the community a little bit more informed. And then we started doing tributes at the end of the, of the show notes, partly because Gardner only ever really mentions men in as authors in his book. And so we're like, well, hey, <laughs> let's, let's give a shout out to the ladies. Yeah. And so for the first for the first book, we did tributes to women, but now we're doing, we just keep going, but now we're doing tributes to all sorts of authors that are relevant. But I, I do take a, I, I get very creative in the show notes and I really up the snark. Like they are sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> They're very funny. I try to make them funny. I, I pride myself on, on humor, being humorous. Um, and I really like my memoir is, is full of dark humor. And so I kind of utilize that kind of superpower in the notes to make them different than maybe other people's notes, but also they're, they're ours. You know, it's like, this is, this is our notes. And you asked me to download the, uh, come for the plot, stay for, uh, the stripper, stay for the stripper. So I'm going to listen to that. And then I'm going to go read the show notes for that. (laughs) Yes. Yay. And those (laughs) all go up on your website, which you have for your podcast at what's the URL for that words to write by podcast.com. Yep. Do you find uh, having the website to be helpful and necessary? Could you do the podcast without the website? For our podcast, I don't think we could. There's too much. Well, I, I think I, I think it's also partly us personally. We wanted to produce something that was um, that someone could go back and listen to all the various books and have the the show notes going along with it, and maybe some articles or something as well. We wanted kind of a place that was our own that we could really showcase who we were. We also have a Patreon where we're trying to develop a writing community. You know, get people mm-hmm. to uh, join us and do the activities and hold themselves accountable. And when we give them, we give them feedback, and then they can give us up feedback. So. I feel like a website is kind of necessary for both the teaching element, but also to show people, hey, you know, now you've learned something, come and, yeah. and test it yeah, out I, on us. I also think a website is is pretty necessary for a podcast, probably pretty necessary for just about anything you're going to do on the internet. I'll also say that if it was just one of us, it would be a lot harder. Like we really divide and conquer on this. Oh. I'm doing editing throughout the week to get the podcast ready. And Renee is doing an equivalent amount of work on the, the website. Yeah. We're getting down sort of to the end of end of our time here. So I'm going to start wrapping up just a little bit. What is, I want to hear from both of you, what is one of the most important lessons that you've learned about podcasting since you started? Slow and steady wins the race. I've done other creative projects before. And oftentimes you might abandon them, you know, like people do. But if you really believe in it, you know it. You know you believe in it when you're doing it. Like I believe in this project. Um, and I also love Kim very much. <laughs> I've learned that Kim is a wonderful, wonderful friend, which is really awesome. Uh, that would probably be the most, the one of the biggest lessons is if you're going to do it with another person, find the right partner. Yeah. But I feel that, I mean, there's a bunch of technical stuff that you learn and they all kind of flow together. I think 
or one thing I've learned about podcasting is that it doesn't have to be a static thing, that as you go along, you can change your podcast and yes. you can adapt to other things. And so not to keep, not to have to follow a really strict s- structure, but just sort of to let it change as it changes. Yeah. It's your podcast. You know, if it needs to change, change it. Is there anything, and I, I stole this question from you guys, by the way. I used to ask a different question, but I like this better. Is there anything that you thought I would ask you that I didn't ask you? That I got that one from um, a journalist, uh, a less, an actual, uh, from a professional journalist who said, this is the question she always includes at the end. She yeah. may have admitted a poll surprise winner. I'm not sure. I like it. Yeah. I think you covered everything really well. And I say this as someone that has listened to a lot of different interview podcasts, and I think you've got a really solid interview style. So my hat off to you. Thank you. Did I miss anything, Renee? I think it's pretty good. I I would like to hear your uh, how you felt about some of the jokes I've got on my website, but (laughs) or on our website, I've got some pretty funny stuff on there. But are those in the show notes? They they are in the show notes. There's some there's some pretty funny stuff in there. So. But, but what would you ask me? No, I, I agree with Kim. This is, you had quite a few questions and they were very comprehensive. And so from a teacher, I would say, good job, <laughs> A plus. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Where can people find you? I, where do you want to send people? I think to our website is the best one. Um, so words to write by podcast.com. We also have a Facebook account and some other things, but those aren't really as useful. They will start becoming more useful later, but not yeah. right. And uh, we also are on like all the various podcast services. So you can find us there. Okay. Well, Kim and Renee, this has been a ton of fun for me. I, I always enjoy interviewing fellow writers and particularly <laughs> fellow writers who podcast. So <laughs> it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me. Everybody go listen to Words to Write By. Thank you so much. This is great. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's awesome. That was my conversation with Renee Nelson and Kim Smuga-Otto, the co-hosts of Words to Write By, a podcast which can be found on all of the major podcast networks. You can also find Renee and Kim at wordstowritebypodcast.com. My name is Chris Cookley, and you can find me at whomakesapodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be an enormous help if you shared it with your friends. Let them know about it. And if you're listening now for the first time, please subscribe. I'll have a new interview every other Wednesday. And speaking of, if you host a podcast and would like to be my next guest on Who Makes a Podcast, tell me about your show. Go to whomakesapodcast.com slash guest. This is Who Makes a Podcast. I'll be back next time with another conversation with another incredible podcast host. Thanks for listening.